Welcome to The Journeyman Cave, a podcast where we meet and chat with some of boxing's more seasoned road warriors, hosted by Mark Shakespeare and Chris Scarf. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to The Journeyman Cave. This is a podcast where myself, Chris Scarf, and my very good friend, Mr. Mark Shakespeare, We'll be speaking to a variety of fighters, boxers, some former, some current. And I suppose we should probably make a start, Mark, is uh, what is a journeyman? Quite simply, somebody who doesn't get recognised very much, but is very vital in the sport. And the Mm. sport, for me, wouldn't be able to survive without them. These are the guys fighting week in, week out. The phone goes and they've been asked to go to a fight on that evening. And it's just a drop of a nap, really. And we are people like these guys. The sport would be dead. I just think to get these guys a voice would be really good because there's nothing else out there, I don't think, that gives the away corner a voice. Yeah. And I do believe if one person can go away with this, just knowing what these guys do at the end of it, I'll be happy with that, mate. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to doing this. Well, me as well. I mean, full disclosure, Mark is the boxing aficionado of the pair of us, but he's taken me to a few boxing fights, haven't you? To Metrodome and to Sheffield. We've been to see a few local lads and I've always enjoyed it. There's always a bar. It's always been a good laugh, and you know all these guys. And it was a bit of a surprise to me since we've been mates for like 30 odd years. <laughs> and uh, like, how do you know all these people? I said, these, these guys would be brilliant to speak to. Because think of the stories. And we know we've got some people lined up, some great stories to hear. And being the first episode, we have Peter Dunn. We most certainly have, mate. And to be fair, we've started off with a cracker, really, haven't we? Yes. 121 fights. He's told me before he's never been KO'd, only they stopped on his feet. He's very happy yeah. about that. One of the first reasons I got Peter in was because I was speaking to a friend of mine who I go out for a drink very so often, former British champion, Derek Roach. And as soon as I said I was doing this, and he said he backed me on it, he says, you do it, Mark, it'll be a good thing. The first thing he said to me, his words were, you need to get Peter done on there. Yeah. So to get him on the first episode, I'm really looking forward to it, really. Yeah. And I think he will give us a massive insight to go on forward. Absolutely. And I think he'll be a brilliant one for the listeners out there to listen to for a first up to get a good idea of what a journeyman is. We went to meet him, didn't we, in, uh, in Pontefract. We, we speak about this on the episode. We'll not repeat it. <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed meeting Peter and, and speaking to him and, and hearing his stories. So I suppose we may as well uh, crack on and let everybody have a listen to Peter Dunn. Yeah, let's get him in, mate. Peter Dunn. Welcome to the Journeyman Cave, the first guest that we've had so far, so thank you very much. How are you doing? Very good, mate. We've met Pete a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah. We went to uh, Sunny Pontefract to meet Pete for a few beers. Tell him where we went, what happened, Mr Shakespeare? Well, I never knew it had three train stations, that's Pontifact's for sure. Pontefract's got three yeah. train stations. Who knew? I mean, I went, I went online waiting for him and he's there. You're not here, Mark. I said, we are, we're here. We were. <laughs> well, you can't be, I'm here, so on- online. But obviously, I didn't know there were a Monk Hill next stop. Pontefract yeah. Monk Hill, where we went and... Uh, Took us through a rather nice establishment. You went to uh, Tanshelf instead of Monkill. Is that where we went? That's what yeah, I did. I'm yeah. blaming him. I was following him. So yeah. I had no idea. Like, but my fault that I missed train home as well then. It, yeah, that was your fault. <laughs> I suppose best thing to do is, mate, is to tell us how you got into boxing, how you started out. Well, firstly, I started boxing at 
10-year-old, I was boxing for SYD Amateur Boxing Club. I, I loved it down there, stayed boxing all the way through my school life. I was Yorkshire champion 10 years running. I got to Northeastern Counties Championship about four or five times. And I got to quarterfinals at British twice. Wow. Nice. And I, I was doing pretty well as a, an amateur. I thought I was doing really good. And then when we turned uh, senior, yeah, that's when it, drinking started and... <laughs> and there were less boxing going on. And uh, my friend, Peter Carragher, he went professional. Mm. And I'd been out drinking with my mates, and I woke up in hospital absolutely covered in scrubs and everything. I would just, I'd basically been run over. <laughs> but I had no idea what had gone on. And he says, oh, come down to the gym. And we'll see if he'll let you train. And I'm like, well, obviously not today, like, but I, I went with him. And I met Mick Marsden looking like this. I was saying, no, I don't normally look like this sort of thing. <laughs> and he took me on as pro. Training was a totally different ball game, obviously. Yeah, imagine. From training three times a week, an hour at a time, to every single day. Hmm. It was a different world being professional. But when you're doing it every day, you pick more things up. Yeah, God. But obviously, when you're 11, you learn 100 times more than you do when you're... 21. I've took so much knowledge about boxing in through my life. And then when you become a professional, and I would say after about 10 fights, it was then when I was urged to be a journeyman. I don't think a lot of people realise what journeyman is because you're not going in there to win. You're not expecting to win. And the people that you're boxing aren't expecting you to win. Mm -hmm. But you've got to put up a fight. Or the better fight you put up, the better the fight is. Yeah, of course. Because obviously, if, you, if you're if you just going to chuck yourself on the floor at first opportunity, it's not good to watch. No. And it's the British public that are paying all this money to watch these fights. And I've always thought like that. If you're going to do it, you've got to do it right. Yeah. So for a professional at 10, 11 fights, and I'm getting to box on Sky and stuff like that mm-hmm. after a few fights, and it were all, like, glamorous to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it would a different world. Yeah, man. Well, you must be, mate, yeah. So how, how old were you when you turned pro? I think I was about 26, something like oh, that. Right. Well, it's still like, you know, mid-20s, mate. It's not like you went straight yeah. into it from 18, 19, no, is it? No, because I didn't really have a senior career yeah. as an amateur. All my career was as a junior. Yes. Yeah. And as soon as it got to 17, 18, there were other priorities I had. Yeah, yeah of course. Stellar and stuff. <laughs> and, and women. Yeah, obviously. I had at least three, four years off without doing anything. And when I first went pro, it was hard because I were working at the same time, obviously, but I weren't earning because mm. I hadn't had a fight. Yeah. So I, I didn't earn any money, so it were all pay out. It were all getting lifts to training. My mum used to take me to training. My mum's a godsend. We had <laughs> yeah. her, I'd have been done. She picked up train station, oh, yeah, she? Yeah, she did pick me up on train station, yeah. She still has it, like, she's 70 I now. I bet she got right one and all. I bet she got right one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she'll have got right one, definitely. <laughs> when you first turn professional, that glamour's not there. The in that glamour, you're just waiting for your first fight. And I think my first fight, I might have got 300 quid. I was earning more than that for a week's work. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And I was working at power station at the time. So it was just like a, a bit of an extra, but I owed most of it out because I'd borrowed it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so my first five, six fights, there were three and 400 quid fights. Yeah. And that's basically, that was two weeks' wages for me back then. When you got that first pro fight, what were your goals? I wanted to have a go. 
Yeah, definitely. And my limits were up there somewhere. Well, your amateur career were, we weren't bad at So maybe. I didn't care what had happened. I just thought, let's have a go. Because if I get fixed, because that was always my problem, as soon as I want beer and that, were fitness. Yeah. It's a different level of fitness. Even though I was loads fitter than I was when I was amateur, I still want that level fit. Mm. And that took some getting used to. Because obviously, when you're tired and you've got nothing left, yeah. then you've got to learn how to survive. Yeah, That's a totally different way of learning what I've never learned before. Yeah, Because as a kid, I was doing three one-minute rounds and three one-and-a-half-minute rounds. I'd never, ever done anything more than three rounds and I think two minutes is the longest I'd ever done wow. and then to be doing four threes which were an extra minute on a round and an extra round on, on top when you first start that sort of thing you do six twos or four threes that's a different ball game yeah just, just that extra round makes loads of difference it doesn't sound much does it but no but I bet it, and, I bet you can, but when bet you, you know punch in the bag <laughs> constantly you'll know about yeah, of course how it is, I started off doing six tools and then it was more for sky shows or more important shows that got you on four threes. Six tools, when you're first doing six rounds, that's like, wow. Yeah. From doing three before you're doing double, I found it hard towards end of fights. And then doing four threes, I found easier mm. because it's a steadier pace. Right. Yeah. Your six tools, you've got two minutes to impress and win that round. Yeah, yeah. So you're at it. Yeah. Whereas your threes, you can let your class show through. You can, yeah, get and it's more relaxed and more steady. So a lot of the sky fights and stuff, when they're getting smaller fights on, do it on four threes rather yeah. than six tools. It's like Saturday and Sunday football. Yeah, of course. Yeah. On su Sunday morning, you'll get kicked all over. You There's no time to do out. On a Saturday, you've got time to have a touch and pass it to yeah, whoever. Definitely. It's exactly the same thing. It doesn't matter how good you are as such. It's more to do with who's done the most in that Ground round. Ground landed most. Yeah, yeah, and I feel that the three-minute rounds, that's when the class comes through mm. and you can see. And I think that's why they do it on Sky as well, so that these rushing in that are just flying with their arms and there's somebody there that knows everything, what they're doing and good at boxing, that person who's boxing, he'll show through. Yeah. Yeah, and they always said, don't they, like, on all shows on telly, they'll say, oh, final minute's coming up now, this is where it matters and when they're going to cast yeah. judges' eyes. Yeah, yeah. And like you've just said there, you can maybe have a minute off just pacing yeah. yourself and you know that minute and a half at the end what judges are going to catch. Well, in a lot of fights, you, you could have a good 30 seconds at front and a good 30 seconds at end and win every round. Yes. Yeah. Even though you've lost all that bit <laughs> in the middle. Nobody yeah. cares about that bit in the middle. It is like that. But, I mean, judging, refereeing and stuff, Especially for journeymen. When you're refereeing somebody who's had 60 fights and lost 50 of them, and you know he's a journeyman, whereas this lad's on his third fight and he's up and coming, mm. why would you? Yeah. Why would you? I, I've had lots of fights where I thought, well, I, I've done enough here, me. Yeah. And you haven't won around. And it's like, that's frustrating. Yeah. Because obviously when it, when it gets around 60-54, you're just like, what? Yes, definitely. <laughs> I at least won a couple of rounds, you know what I mean? And... 64 means you have one out. If you look down my list, there's a lot of 60-54s. And it's not that you want to win. It's yeah. not about that. It's a bit of credit. Yeah, we'll come out with something to show for it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one thing that I have got against some better opponents. I haven't been 60-54'd. I've been 59-58 and 59-57s. That means I were in it. Yeah. Yeah. Against good people. And that's always a... Oh, certainly. 
that's something to be uh, you can text him. You should be very proud of that yeah, record, yeah. mate. 121 fights. It's not to be sniffed about at all, mate. And there's some great names on there. Yes. And I'm going to mention one to you now, Michael Jennings. He was a different ball game. By that point, I was a journeyman and I knew what we're doing. Because obviously when you're a kid, you, you're learning boxing. And I've learnt my boxing. This was something different. I'm learning how to survive and how to keep out of way. And it's a totally different type of boxing, yeah. but equally as hard. And normally there's tricks and little bits that you can get out. So if he's coming on, you'll just duck her head or you'll do something to get out of the way. Michael Jennings, he just had something that I didn't. Yeah. Because it was like every fourth punch, it was just like, how is he hitting me with that? <laughs> yeah. Because I know what I'm supposed to be looking for. And I just could not understand how he were hitting me with this punch. And it was like, he's done it again. How yeah. on earth? <laughs> yeah. Because normally you'd be like, well, I've just got to block there and then I'm all right. It would just catch me with, with shots that I'd not been caught with before. Yeah. And like you said, you learnt your trade then as well, hadn't you? Uh, yeah, I knew so, what I was doing then. You must have picked up some tricks, Peter, though. You know, uh, Oh, definitely. When, when you decide to come a journeyman, you know what I mean? You must yeah, have tell it, talk, just talk us through like, that moment of thinking, right, this is what I'm going to do now. Because yeah. like you said, I think you were, what, 10 fights in? Yeah, but I still didn't know what I was doing as far as being a journeyman. And basically... My manager said to me, you've still got to try, you've still got to work hard. He says, but you've not got to win because that's not what you're there for. Yeah. That's how he described it to me. And then I took my perspective of that, of that, what that meant. And I always thought, well, let's have a go. Mm. And then when I'm tired, I'll deal with that when I'm... <laughs> yeah. And there were no sort of plan. You know what I mean? So when it got to round four and stuff, and I were doing six, six threes, it was like, well, I'm... On my ass here, I've got no left. And he's, he's, he's telling me everything in corner eight. You, you, your eyes cut, you, you're this eye. You need to start moving your head. You need, to, I know, but I'm knackered. I'm knackered. <laughs> and, and you're all on speaking to him. You know what I mean? So you have to learn tra tricks at trade and how to hold and, and stuff. But inside, especially with being small like I am, you'll get pushed down a lot. Yeah. So when I'm coming in, I'll duck and then they'll put their hand on the back of my head. So I'm staring at the feet or I'm staring at the floor. So then at that point, you either stay there and get absolutely mullered because you, you don't know where they're coming from. You can't see or you learn. And I, that's what I did. I, I looked at the feet and you can't throw a punch without moving your feet. Yeah. And I was stuck there with their hand over my head and I would was watching as soon as they move them feet, ducking that out. So you know that when the punch is coming, it's just little things like yeah, that, man. that if you don't know them things, you are in trouble. Because mm. it's more to do with fitness with me. I'd go for it. And then when I'd run out of energy, four, five and six, it was like, I'll hold on for dear life here. <laughs> and... and it's not that easy it's no. not too old is not easy no. it's, it's not an easy thing to learn it's not an easy thing to do because you've got to get in past their punch so that you're that side and you can grab them you can't just go up and grab them that's no, no, that no. don't work so you've got to wait till they punch make make them miss but while making them miss you've got to be on front forward so you're too close so you're holding them, you've got your arm in here, and you're just going like that, 
Ref, ref, and he'll get a warning <laughs> for holding, and it's me that's holding. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just li little things. Like that, yeah. And sometimes when it does come off, you just think giggling to yourself <laughs> well, as <obvious>. well. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, your average punter won't know that, would they? They no, just see people no, clinching no. and then separate. You're clinching because you're tired, more, mainly, or mm. clinching is a defence. Because when, when you're up close, even at the start of a fight, if you get up to that bit, you've got to put your arms in the right places or, or you're defenceless. Yeah. If they get you and you're like that, all they've got to do then is just smack you in the right face and you're stuck like that. Yeah, yeah. Clinches happen all the way through every fight. You will always get in a clinch because there's always that time that you've gone to do that and he's gone to do that and then you've clashed. Yeah. So when you clash, you have to put your arms in the right position every single time or if you don't, you've got a chance of getting your arms court yeah. where they can just do what they want and you're stuck there Go on. how long do you serve for a fight then mate were it every week you were fighting after about 20 fights it was at least every month yeah and then sometimes twice a month i think i boxed a lot more towards the end of my career that one enough every week i mean it was like a routine for you to watch yeah wasn't it? yeah yeah and, yeah. Just, and a wage you want an extra wage on top yeah that thing it was an extra wage and it was part of life do you see the same kind of lads on circuit then round your? Do you have three or four fighters round yeah, at yeah. the time? Daniel, Thorpe, Paul, Royston. Especially because my trainer and their trainer got on, so we always sat together and me and Thorpe would be outside having a fag together. Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to get Thorpe. I didn't smoke. He needs to come on, does Thorpe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he's well, scared. He's got, he's got a lot to answer for. <laughs> Is all I'm saying. Well, he's going to get found out. He needs to yeah, come on. Yeah. I've heard you were your fag part. Ain't showers want it, mate? Well, it's been worse. <laughs> There's been worse stories than that. Oh, but we'll not go on them. No, I don't think we should. No. We might be in real trouble. <laughs> or any, think, you know, any other notable names who stood out in the middle of your career? Or... Atten's brother. Oh, yeah. Matthew, yeah, Matthew, Atten. Matthew. He was strong as a bull. Right. Yeah, yeah. I were all right with everything else about the fight, but I was just getting chucked all over. And I didn't get pushed about, no, because I was small and stocky anyway. Mm. He just seemed to have man strength. Even though we were both men, he, he was just yeah. ten times stronger than me. He had a bad career, did he? No, 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 not at all. I've boxed since I was 11, and I have learned how to box. I were now learning something totally different. And when somebody like him... Or like Michael Jennings comes along and it's like, well, I know what I'm doing and he's still doing it. <laughs> yeah. That's the sort of thing where you just think, yeah, he's special, these lads. Well, they're few and far between, though, Peter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. I know you boxed Woodhouse twice, didn't you? Yeah. Now, he were always a strong, looked strong as a He was bolt. strong, yeah, and yeah, He yeah. always looked very fit. He was 100% fit. Obviously, he'll have been fit as it was from football. Yeah. It was fitness that stood out. It wasn't his boxing as such. Do you see a massive improvement from first to second? million percent, yeah, yeah. But obviously, there were a couple of years between it, and yeah. he'd won British title and stuff in between. The difference, it's not even close, you know what I mean? I think I was first or second fight. Yeah. So you wouldn't expect, because he'd been a footballer, so you wouldn't expect him to come straight in and know everything about boxing. He would just fit. And when I last boxed him, he would fit and he knew how to box. Yeah. That was the difference. You do learn your trade, don't you, like you yeah. said? Yeah, you've got to. Depending on what sort of job you're doing in that trade, you have to learn that again, because I'd learned how to box from 11 year old, so I was quite confident about that. It was learning how to be a journeyman. Yeah. And people just don't understand, because 
if you've got a lad who's had 120 fights and he's lost 100 of them, it's shit. That's, that is what you look at. But if you watch him and you see that he's putting a good fight up against British champions, world champions, it can't be shit. No. Explaining that to people, it's just... Well, it's this, is that, this is exactly why we're doing it, Peter, mate. I mean, I think your guys need a voice. Um, if at least one person comes out on this when I've interviewed a few on you and Scarfy as well, hopefully a few people will see you in a different light. Because we aren't your... The game's nothing, mate. Well, that's it. You look at some of the fights and you see them chucking themselves on the floor and you just think, well, what point of that? There's a lot of that, do you, do you I think? think there's yeah. a lot. Well, obviously, when it gets to heavyweights and stuff, I wouldn't want one of them either. No. <laughs> but I think a lot do stay down. I mean, if you get put on your ass, you stay there. That's I've no problem with that. If you know what you're doing and you've moved out of the way and you know you're not, you haven't been it. Yeah, go looking for it. I know what you mean. You, yeah. you know what I mean? There's people that do go on floor with them and they know what they're doing, so they're moving backwards. So you, you're taking the impact away and they'll still go down. That's not something I've never... No. I, I could never been able to understand. I mean, there's still a few guys in game, I think. You know, like Seamus Devlin and people like that. There's definitely people yeah, that have still got but there's the not. I don't think there's not as many as you're about. No. And I think it were rife with, with them sort of people when I was boxing. Yeah. But it's the same with every, any sport. In football, you could just kick anybody when in the 80s. Yeah. You can't touch them now. And, yeah. And, and they're rolling around as though they're dead. It's, <laughs> it's, it, everything evolves and safety has come into it a lot. It wasn't right that you could kick people up in air, obviously, especially when the professional sportsmen, and it was the same at boxing. Maybe it's you shouldn't have to take as many punches as some of us did, but I think it's more down to personals, yeah, heart, and how much they want it. But I do think now, like you said, you said when you were younger and you had 4P and that around you and stuff, I still think now there is about six or seven a cluster of them now. Who are all good friends like you were? Yeah, you've got to have things like that. I would go into a show on my own. I didn't have my trainer with me. He was having some young lad that needed him more than I did, whereas I would just go in for another fight. So I'd go and sort myself out. And when you got there, you're like, oh, can you go in corner. a little bit corner with me? Yeah. And if Dave were there, we're like, yeah, you know what I mean? So 4 p would be tying my gloves, and then there was always somebody there that would do things for you. Because obviously, little, little things like needing a piss. If you need a piss when you've got your gloves on, right? <laughs> it doesn't work, right? So you've got to have somebody with you to take your gloves off for you and stuff. Oh, I thought you were going to say have somebody with you to take your No, no, that never happened. Never happened. No, that never happened. Yeah, but like you say, I think you are a little tight-knit family. So that second family to you going up road, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It must, must make you feel more comfortable as well. It's like I would have never been comfortable not going with my trainer because we were very good friends. So I wouldn't have been comfortable, and I won't when I first did it, but people like Farpy and Royston made it, made it easier, made for, it you. easier yeah. for you. And then you're not bothered. If, are you coming this week? Not bothered. Just didn't care, because you, you've got like a family inside boxing, and that's something that I'll never forget. But that's still going on now, which I like that. You've got your yeah. James Quinns and your Devlins and a lot more Scott Williams and people. I can name a few more. Just like talking to you now about Forbian people, I'm glad that that's still going. They need it. You know, they're staying at the same hotels now and all they're doing stuff like that. And it must make things for you, like you said, much more easier, much more relaxed. Because your Sky shows and that, that were a weekend away. 
you get there on the Friday morning, you get weighed in Friday afternoon, so dinner time is, and then you're done, so you can eat. Because yes. when you've been drying out and lost a scone in last four days, and you had a drink of water for three days. We're right bin bags on. Yeah, yeah we're we'll bin bags <laughs> on. You're just like, oh. Because as soon as you, you've had that drink and you've had that food, it's all done. Yeah. It's all finished. And then the boxing, that, that's no problem. That's You want to do that because there's nothing to do till Saturday night from Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. You'll have a walk round with... with have go shopping or whatever, you know, have a little walk around. Cheeky beer? Yeah. No, never. I've never. never done that. No, not before a fight. No. But I would straight away afterwards. Yeah. Without water sometimes, just to have drank you a beer. But... <laughs> Did things the right way then, mate, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just couldn't even imagine being drunk and trying to do that. It just would not work. You're getting a nice call-ups at last minute. We had a few of them. I once with my daughter, she was seven and eight, and I was in McDonald's, and Mick phoned me and said, hey, good Scotland now. I'm on my way to pick you up. You were from Leeds. I had to ring my mum. Come and get me, young one. She'd have good on that mama yard, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she come and got me, young one, and off I went, because I always had my bag ready when I, at that point. That night, I, I was at boxing in Scotland. Wow. What would you fight that night? Can you remember? No. Uh, a clue, no. It did knock your heart, though, did it? No. That's, that's <laughs> not something that happened very often. Nice bit of money, though, mate. Yeah. Well, you obviously get a bit more for being late notice as well. And normally, I've got a stunt to lose when I'm finding these things out. Oh, yeah. So I normally find out four or five days in advance, and I've got four or five days to get that off. Well, they couldn't do that to me because that's not how it works. do not matter that you're £6 overweight or whatever it is, you just go and they sort that. They were never going to stop you though, mate. Well, no. you, they had to give you some leeway, didn't they? Yeah. Especially at that yeah, time. Yeah. Come on. When, you, when you're three hours and somebody's let them down, it's how it is. You have a bit of an advantage, but it's not always an advantage because if, yeah. if you're a couple of pounds overweight, it means you're a couple of pounds slow mm. and your, your hands are slow. So it doesn't always work in your favour. But also... When you've killed yourself for four days, you're weak as a kitten. Yeah. And it's six and two threes. Obviously, you'll still be sharpish, and it's that when you're digging deep, there's nothing there. You were always going to be sharp, though, weren't you? I bet you always kept yourself sharp. I always kept myself in decent shape, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, there were different times. Yeah. Sometimes I haven't boxed for three weeks, and I've been absolutely mullering training, and I'm sharp as out, and there's just nothing, nothing happening, nothing happening. And then you think, oh, well, I'll mess go out and piss this weekend. <laughs> so you go out and piss all weekend. Monday, got your fight for your Friday. And that's how it works normally for me. And then Monday comes, oh, we've got your fight. Yeah. Dead right. I'd used to get weight off. Bin liners. Yeah, I knew, yeah. I knew bin liners. <laughs> bin liners are the thing. <laughs> These sweatsuits aren't the same, are they? No, no, no. I've, I've trained in sweatsuits and they're just not the same. It doesn't do it for me anyway. And a, a lot dearer. A lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. J- just get a bin bag, holes in each corner, and all across the top, put your head through, arms through, you're done. It's it's insulation. We've got an idea there, mate, haven't we? I'll have to try it. Yeah. yeah. Peter Dunn's bin, bin bags. bags. <laughs> Where's in your big bin bags? Is there any uh, venues out? I mean, obviously, you must have been to Ugginsaram, but any yeah. like outstanding good ones or your, bad ones? Your so. call. Your call. When I first went to your call, I thought, well, it's a bit of a shit, all this. 
because you don't understand the history of it all. And, and then when you do understand the history and then you look at it and you're thinking, yeah, 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 I get, I get why like, this is like that. Because the atmosphere there is special. Is it? It's on you. Right. Whereas a lot of these arenas, you're miles away. Yeah. Even if you're at front, you're still a fair while away. But the balcony is sort of in. Yeah. So it's near enough virtually above you. That were an atmosphere. But Scotland, Scotland were a different kind of atmosphere. That Obviously, if, if one of the locals were on and you were boxing one of the locals, right. they were chucking beer at you. You were just getting absolutely <laughs> drenched walking to the ring. And as soon as they mention your name, yeah. and it's do you drive on that? Do you, does it yeah, yeah, yeah. Drive you a bit. Obviously, it? some people will just go down you know, on things like that. But yeah. for me, I loved that. You know what I mean? Especially walking to the ring, everybody's booing you. The whole arena's booing you, and you just yeah, that, that's for me. That <laughs> I'll take cool. that. I like that. Definitely, mate. Yeah, I think I bottle it, mate. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, when they chuck it beer at you, it's not so great. Yeah, definitely. Say, spillage, <laughs> spillage. <laughs> Wasting. Obviously, our landlord as well. So it, it's it's just spilling beer. It is. I just didn't get didn't get it at all. But it were all in plastic cups, so it didn't really hurt. Or oh, well, I was just getting wet. Mm. <laughs> at least it were only beer, though, mate. And a lot of them just chucked the beer rather than the the cup as well. Mm. As you're walking in, they're all going up on these podiums, so they're just chucking it off a thing. You know There's what no I mean? Escape, mate, There's no fear. escape, mate. No escape, yeah, yeah. Because as soon as their mate comes out, it doesn't matter who, who you are, you're coming out next, you're boxing him you know, and your enemy, and, mm. and that's just how it is. And everywhere's different, but you are not the focus. Yeah, let's say. Yeah, you're, more, you're there to be shot at, mate, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you understand that. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you've been about a bit. Do you, do you enjoy being a floater at times? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you get there, right, and you've been there all day, because some of the shows will start at, like, 2 o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. If you're on after 12 and stuff, and you know you're on after 12, that's bad. But when you're a floater, because yeah, floater, it's, it's all right, it? but it just means that you've got a chance of not being on last. But... If you are on last then, you've got ready five times. Yeah. Good. You've warmed up twice or three times. I, I want the fittest towards end. When I will get warmed up through it, well, no, we're not, walking, we're not warming up again. <laughs> I'm warm. Oh, man. I bet it were good, though, if you got calls when you've been in 10, 15 minutes. Oh, Bob on now. Yeah, yeah. If there were a quick knockout, once on his way, and we weren't at the venue, and my trainer got a phone call. How far are you? Said, we're 10 minutes away. Is right. If he can get here in ten minutes, he can be on next, and you'll be home for half an hour. So as soon as we stopped at lights, I had to run out, get his boot, get me bag out, and I'm getting changed it back at car. <laughs> so so I had my boots on, me protector suit, just go through medical, get get away and sort it all out, and we're on his way home in an hour. Brilliant. Whereas normally sometimes you can be there eight and nine hours. And still not even boxed yet. Yeah, that must be a nightmare, that's a bit last on it. Must Floaters is probably the worst thing ever. Because if you know you're on last, you don't really have to be there early. That's right. But if you're a floater, you've got to be there from when it starts. So if it starts at th three in the afternoon, you, you're there at three. Yeah. And there's a chance you could be on at half three. There's also a chance that you're still going to be on at 12. Yeah. Mm. That must be frustrating. Yeah, yeah. But it drags a bit, that, doesn't it? Oh, because... 
you do get warmed up a couple of times. It's like, right, so if one will get stopped and they've got three game, three rounds in bank, and then they probably need another one or another two to get stopped. So when it gets to two stops and you need one more, it could happen at any point. So yeah. if somebody goes on their ass, like everybody, whoa, come on, <laughs> let's get ready. Yeah. But again, people don't know this, do they? So no. it's nice, from t nice to get your opinion yeah. on that, mate. I mean, I, I only scratch surface with Jamie. I do follow him, but like it says, I don't know anything compared to your lads. That's why I want to get your stories. Being a floater, it's the worst thing ever because you just never know when, when it is. You're just guessing. And we're a floater most at the time, Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless, obviously, you're coming against someone who at main event. Yeah, but even then, if your allocated slot is last, you're still last. <laughs> you know I mean? You've still got to stay here all day. Just, there's not worse. Not no. worse. Uh, sit your back down, take your gloves off. No point having them on. All right. Especially if you've got your hands done. Your apps are done and your hands are on. If you've never had them on six hours, they're not great, you know what I mean? You've been sweating, you know, it's not the way. It's not glamorous, is it, mate? No, no there's no all. glamour there. And you, you're just expected to just go at a second's notice. I think I'd be giggling if I'd been on um, first and I was seeing the, with the wraps on. Yeah, and yeah. And my bag on, my, my kit on. How many times? How many times were we doing this? Yeah. Uh, especially when you get to know people as well in, on circuit and you know that they're going on first and you're like, yeah. See ya. I think I'd be grinning as well if I got on first and knowing that you were still there. But <laughs> it's not nice. But th there's both ways of it because when you're on first, there'll be nobody there as well because these are two o'clock starts, some of these, and they're all coming to watch the main event, which might not be till eight. Yeah. So until four or five o'clock, there'll be nobody there or very few, only the people that are supporting that yeah, person that's on them fights coming up. And then as it gets closer to the eight o'clock mark, that's where Sky used to come on and that's where our main events are. I boxed before Ricky Atten once at MEN and that was an atmosphere and half that. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah. Is that one of your biggest... It's not so much the fight, because I don't think the fight were a big one. It was just because of the timings and because everybody yeah. were packed in. Like when, when you're hitting him with a punch and people roar, the whole place were roaring. It was like, wow. It was just something I'd not experienced, you know what I mean? And, and you're getting a bit of publicity, aren't you? There's millions watching. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember coming back to my pub and one of my mates was seen me and he's looking at telly and he's looking at me and he, he was pissed as well. He's going, yeah, he shook his head at me. I'm like, start watching telly. <laughs> Fair enough. Couldn't believe I was in two places at once. Brilliant. But it, it, were, uh, it were a different time. I were... I loved every minute of my uh, journeyman career, every minute of it. When did you know that it were, you know, it were coming to an end or did you decide? Well, towards the end, it would just come in routine more than anything else. It was just my way of life and it wasn't yeah. hard. I wasn't training as hard as I should have been. I think that was key, you know what I mean? It's not that I didn't want it, but I were getting older. Boxing's not something that you can play at and just keep going at in your 50s. I think my last involvement in any boxing because I did a bit of white collar after packs in. I was 46 a year ago. So I've, wow. I've still kept fairly fit. And But to be fair, I used to have a belly when I was boxing. Not when I boxed, because I, I was skin yeah. tight and down to it. But when I was in pub, I always had a beer belly because I drank a lot because I ran pubs. And that's what you do. Now, I don't train and I'm lighter than I've ever been. Really? Yeah, because I don't train, so I don't need to eat. Yeah. So I don't eat half as much as I Shoot used to me. do. Yeah, I've just 
lost weight naturally have you, have you done now are you still giving your toe in with white collar stuff no i'm done 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 Dev, definitely apparently i'm having a fight at the end of the year but it's just a, a move around yeah just for that one it's what's it like this you know white collar stuff like compared you know is it... it's no comparison whatsoever no, i didn't think it would no, be no. But... but you don't expect it to be no these are people in pub that are trying to have a go if they've got 30 40 mates we're all gonna buy tickets yeah you can't knock it no no of course not. And there's some decent lads among them you do box some of them and you think oh a decent standard here mm. and then you'll box others that are de definitely not but i think that's the biggest difference between amateur professional and and then this white collar i think it's a, a money-making exercise obviously but so is everything yeah unless you're amateur days there's no money involved in amateur really at all and when you can sell tickets as an amateur that's for your club and you do that with pride you're still in a the gym then, mate. Now you still go see kids. I still go to Nottingley yeah. SYD club, which is the club I used to box. It's not in the same place anymore, yeah. but it's the same club. When my trainer died, my friend who I trained with, he trained with me at the same age, he's took it over now, so I do help him out whenever I can. Yeah, that's good, because yeah. you've got so much to pass on, mate. Yeah, definitely the, uh, when I were at his gym and I'm, teaching some of young ones about how I can tell them when they're going to throw a punch by staring at the feet. That'll stick to me. Because I would have never known that if I'd have never become a journeyman. I'd been in that position millions of times, but I'd never have thought of it. You know that not only can you get out, there's a good chance you can come back in and give them a clout and all. It's a free shot, basically. Yeah. It's all learning. I know it's boxed in Jersey. I've been there a few times. Was it nice? Yeah. It's always nice in Jersey, it's lovely. No bean, but it looks lovely. lovely. On a night out, it's not the uh, busiest of places, but it's like anywhere else. It's got its absolutely gorgeous place. It looks gorgeous. But there's some shitholes. <laughs> well, I've only seen it on Berger at me, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I went there as a kid, through Yorkshire team. I'd been to Jersey about four or five times before I turned pro, and it's just a lovely place, and that's what I got from it. But everybody else, all the training, that one levered. <laughs> and they were like, well, because uh, you're a kid. I was 12, 13 year old when I'm going there. So I didn't understand any of that. And that was the first place I got drunk. I was about 16 <laughs> and I was leveraged. And they're all like, you can't come out of the room. And I'm spewing up. And we're like, we're going to get fucked off of this. We're going <laughs> to get fucked. They're like, no, we'll wait. We'll be all right. So about any any names we should look out for? Do you know what I mean? Obviously, I know you'll keep your, your toe in your, your nose about, but any... Any comics oh, coming no. through ranks at the minute or no, no, no. I don't. I don't follow it that really? that well to be ah, saying all like that. But obviously your AJs and such forth. I thought AJ were going to be the man. Yeah, I did actually. I thought he was going to be the man, but it don't look as though well, he's his, I think it's his chin more than anything else because mm. he's got the physique, obviously, and he's got the power. That's not a problem. Speed, it, but... It's just when he gets hit, he don't look comfortable. Yeah. No, we were in Sheffield that night, weren't we? We went. You took me to. What did we go to watch? James Metcalf went James to James Metcalf, and they had fight on after. And he just didn't look interested to me. It was shocking. AJ, I, I, was, I, was, I was surprised. Anybody put you on your ass? Who'll shock you? Craig Smith. Craig, Craig Smith. Smith? Yeah. Never expected it. I was going to hit him, and then all of a sudden, my legs had just gone. I didn't get to it, boom. And he just hit me, and he'd gone. No. But I got back up and wandered on, and that was more luck than judgment. Because yeah. I didn't know the old, I'll wait till six and seven. That didn't ever, there was none of that going on. Mm -hmm. It was just like, boom, whoa, what's going on here? And then 
Oh, I best get up here. It was the sharpness and everything. Yes. Another one here, Ali Numembe. Right, he would just... Yeah, I know him. Non-stop, mm. stupid fit. Like, that bloke, he wasn't even blowing when he'd done with me and I, I couldn't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, he were really good. What biggest what biggest bunch of your face do you think? Well, that Craig's Probably face me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever been it like that before. No, no. Or again. I mean, Gary Young, he was meant to be a banger. Yeah. But I didn't think so. So I don't know whether it, he wasn't feeling great or I don't know. He was sponsored by whoever, an electrical company. Right. And it said, Gary Young sparks them out and we'll turn you back on again. <laughs> Yeah, cheers, mate. Brilliant. Now, one I want to mention, mate, Lee Noble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was just a nice bloke. Yeah. Because he was good, him. Yeah. And obviously, when I boxed him, it was towards the end, end of his career, sort of thing. And he, he still had it. And he he was just, he didn't take piss, ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? With me, anyway. He was better than me. Yeah. And could have done a lot more and didn't. Yeah. And you know things, because you know, and you've watched him against other people, yeah. and, and you know that when he's pushed back and meant had to do it, he could have gone to town, and he didn't. You know what I mean? Because he just needed the win to get him onto his next yeah. fight or whatever. And you do find that with a lot of the better ones. Yeah. I do regret not having a coffee or out with him, because obviously what happened happened. Yeah. He really sad. Yeah. And... He was a great guy and so strong. I mean, I once met I met him at his last fight and he come up to me at the end and he come and got me hand. And he must have done it on purpose. And he got Give me hand and, and squeezed. I thought, <laughs> fuck, I don't swear much, but fucking hell, that hurt. I thought, he's done that on purpose. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, he were always fit, always made time for when you were out. I mean, I didn't know him much, but he knew I, I like your boxing. He'd always come and say, all right. Yeah. Yeah, a character. And we not miss him. We miss him. Right yeah, 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 we miss him. I think it's probably because I'm not in it. You know what I mean? Because all these characters weren't on telly. Yeah. So I only see it on telly now. So yeah. I, I'm not at shows anymore. So I, I don't see it. That's something I do miss. Mm. And that's something I think I, I will start doing again. You know what I mean? Just going around shows and well, we are local. We're going to Metro Dome with us. Come, we're going, yeah. <laughs> do you not know, breaking yours as well? Uh, what? James Metcalf's now in finish boxing. He's working at Garrison, trying to do it last week. Yep. I can't it's believe packed it. In, it's packed in I thought he looked like really said, good that second I think Peter, time. I think Peter would like to see him. He'd have been definitely a Peter kind of fighter. He would, yeah. But I'll have to. Are we impressed that second fight? Yeah, he's. I think he got three and zero, hasn't he? And um, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a bit surprised about that now. We haven't got many left now, over here, mate. No. See, we just stopped, didn't he? Obviously, I did a lot of my fights in Birmingham. Mm. Okay. Right. And you've got to remember that Nobby Nobbs is from Birmingham. All he does is journeyman. It's all he's ever done is journeyman. Where is Nobby Nobbs? Nobody knows. Well, back in when I was boxing, he was the man. All his lads were journeymen. Every single one of them, and he had 30-40. But I was still getting work in Birmingham, me, so I know I did all right. Yeah. Because you don't sell coal to, in Newcastle, you know what Not I mean? Yeah. Just... <laughs> we had Buckley and all, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different world, that. That's that's leaps and miles above me. No, it's not, mate. Not really. Honest. I don't think it is, mate. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he didn't box loads more stars than me, maybe, but it's the amount of fights he had. Well, amazing, isn't it? Uh, but 
to be fair, we probably had about the same sort of fights. He's just haven't done a lot of mine white collar. Yeah. Mm. I don't think he ever did that, Butler, did he? No. No, no, no. Because he was still pro. That's why. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't pack him pro till it had, it must have been knocking on. It's a cracking book, though, mate. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, everyone just says now that Nobby's just gone off the scene. Has he just disappeared? He's just disappeared. Where is this, Nobby? He might come back as a woman. You never know. Well, you know, he might be, ah. Stranger things have happened, apparently. Noreen Nobs, eh? I bet he looked after you all, didn't he? We won't treat her as journeyman because he didn't treat anybody's journeyman because they're all journeymen. So he treat everybody the same. And there's not many do that. I mean, Dave Caldwell, he definitely does. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I met Dave Coldwell tomorrow, he'd be like, oh, you're all right, Pete, because we got on well. I didn't like me when I turned up with Wager top on to get a fake with Lee Apple. Yeah, I'd for <laughs> English with Wager. Well, in fact, he loved it, actually. He yeah. loved it with Jane McDonnell and that were there. It was great. But yeah, Because um... obviously, Sheffield, everybody thinks at Winkerbank, don't they? And, yeah. And at Sheffield, that's where you are. And if you're not there, you know what to do with it, sort of thing. Well, certainly, you know about it. Ingalls, wasn't he? Yeah. Mate, rumour I heard that he were down at um, Frank's gym at Pontefract Road. Frank says, I just can't handle him. Do you want to take him, Brendan? And Brendan took him. He says he just took to him like a duck to water. He says he just absolutely loved him. Yeah. He says... Because who's training you matters. It yeah. does matter. And he just said, he says, I'm going to go horse's mouth. But what I heard, obviously Ingalls rung Frank up and said, thank you for sending him. We'll love him. We think he's a right character. And again, that word again, character. Yeah. yeah, you don't yeah, get yeah, enough yeah. in it now. Not just in boxing, in any sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You need characters in every sport, and it's just sound bites now, isn't it? You're hated for being a character nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather be a character. Yeah, than me, you look then. at Fury. How many people just hate him mm. because he speaks his mind, and he's a bit, a bit of a character. Not my cup of tea, definitely not. But I, I don't hate him at all. You know what I mean? I, he's, no, no. He's, he's a money man. He's a money-making machine. And he's a clever one at that, isn't he? I mean... Oh, I mean what he's doing. What's he had? I mean... You're a bum. If you go three years now... Like, well, cause him Doss has done it. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, if you go back three years now, I mean, Wilder yeah. three times, and then he fought that... I don't know his name. That kid who he fought in... It was a bit of a joke, wasn't it, at weighing when he just, oh. like, were picking him up, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So really, he's had yeah, he's done, he's gone and fought Wilder. Yeah, it were a, I must admit, it were a, it were a dangerous fight to it take. Was a risk, definitely massive. I think after the first fight, yeah, he caught him and he got up somehow. Still don't know how he got up from that. No, I think no. he always knew he had his number after the first fight. Yeah, yeah, I think that was that. So it really, he must the amount of money he must have made. But I don't know if there's anyone out there who can beat Fury. I mean, I'm a big fan of Dylan White, but I don't think Dylan White will beat him. Yeah. Well. I think he deserves a go. Oh, yeah, definitely. I just don't understand why he's not been given a go. Mm. Well, part of that's because them three fights they've had, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So what, WBC, what, mandatory for, for years, won't it? Well, it still is, isn't it? Yes. Apparently. So, but no, I, I'm, I'm, I've always liked it. And it's somebody else in front of him again. Yeah. They're just like, you'll just stay there. Yeah. Well, fair enough with them three fights because it's against the same person. But now it's not. Mm. Like, where's his go? Yeah. I just don't get that. It's just not fair. But he's my favourite, Dylan White. I do as a character, again, that word. He seems more of a, a normal folk. He is. Well, he's come up from gutter, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And, and I that, like Dylan White, and he deserves a shot. I've, I'm a council estate lad. I'm, I've lived in a council estate all my life. Nothing wrong with that, mate, at all. No. Nothing at all. What makes a good fight, Pete? You've got to have two people that want to win. Because if you've got two technical boxers, really technical boxers, they're thinking all the time. Instead of doing all... In a way, that's good to watch, especially if you do like boxing. That is the what you'd want to watch. But the best fights for me are two lads that hate each other, that just want to hit each other, not 
I don't want to win technically, I just want to level him. That's what you want to see, because they know what they're doing as well, so it's not as though they're just throwing punches. There's skills involved, and that is the best sort of fight, where they're both wanting every bit of way to win. I think Belly what master, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, get inside people's heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, you know but what I mean? He could sell a fight. good at it, to be fair. Yeah, Fury. That's the one I'm going to come out with. He's better at that than he is at boxing for me. That's the thing. <laughs> so, because I think if another cruiserweight gets in and, or somebody lower, like a David A or someone like that, I think David A could come back and smash him. Mm. I don't think he fan- well, didn't fancy Usyk next, did he? I don't think anybody would. No, because he, he looked quite good at he's, it. He's a cruiserweight. Mm-hmm. That can make everyway. That's yeah. the thing, because he's technically better than them all. Because everyway, it's seen they haven't been a good technical boxer since Klitschko. Getting classes technical should be how good your skills are, not how tall you are. Fury, him, they, they are what they are because they're taller than everybody else. Mm-hmm. They don't learn that. They've just grown. That's it. Usyk is smaller than them all and would wipe the floor with a lot of them. I think he'll dominate heavyweight boxing, me. I think he will be the dominant force in heavyweight boxing and he's a cruiserweight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so imagine what he'd do at cruiserweight. Uh, you know, if he went back to his own weight, he's not going to do that because you don't get paid out at cruiserweight. It's all heavyweight, isn't it? It's yeah. all, all money's at heavyweight, so he's got to do that. But I think he's more than capable. I don't think any of these could beat him. No. Any of them. Mm. I'd like to see him in with Fury. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I the I problem even... with it is, is if he gets proper whacked because he's a cruiserweight. Yeah. But he shouldn't get he shouldn't get hit. Yeah. Because I've boxed cruiserweights before. As is, I, I'm ten. I were like eleven stone. Did you? Yeah. So mm. I, I've not boxed them, but I sparred with them. Yeah. So Paul Bonson. Yeah. What a guy. I can see everything. He can't hit me. We have full shot. He can catch some of the jabs and flicks. But he can't, he can't put his power into a shot and hit me because I'd have to be blind to not move out of the way for that because <laughs> there's that much of a difference in speed. Yeah, yes. So I see it coming and it, I can move out of the way. So it was never a problem of sparring together because I can see him coming, no problem. When I'm getting tired, then it comes a problem. But he, he would never a bully, so we never had problems with all that. If he caught me, he'd just like leave me and chuck me into the corner sort of thing and then lean on me then we'll just stay there for a couple of seconds until I've sort of sent out and then we'll uh, go on again it worked the difference in that much weight because it's not a little bit of weight five stop yeah. a lot right? of weight mate that. it's like a f- yeah. featherweight yeah. boxing a, a super middleweight right? the speed a featherweight he would nearly double his punches I guarantee he would yeah. So his his reactions are millions times bigger than his, and that's what's going on now. Usic, yeah, he can see how everything happening. Not only is he absolutely shit hot, he can see what's happening yeah. with these heavyweights long before they can do out. That's why he's doing how he's doing because he's just so much fitter than them, so much faster than them, and just lighter than them. But he can take the punches. Because, obviously, you're going to get hit. Nobody's perfect. You know what I mean? You are going to get hit in a fight. That's that's how it oh, works. Yeah. So, as long as he can take the heavyweight punches, as in jabs and one-twos, as long as he can take them, yes, yeah. he's not going to get hit with a big shot. He'd have to be blind to get hit with him. I don't think fight will happen with him and Fury. No. No. Well, I'm, I think... I'm happy done, mate. That's what we're done, I think. Thanks for coming, Pete. Appreciate oh, it, mate. Absolutely, mate. <laughs>
Journeyman Cape is produced by James Proud. Music by Ryan Carrier. Special thanks to Rhythm Inc. Studios for hosting. All views expressed are of the guests only. The Journeyman Cave and Horse Bend no responsibility for any opinions given. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at The Journeyman Cave. <laughs>